What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. With the holidays coming up, uh, and a lot of people going to be traveling and doing a lot of stuff. Are you going on vacation at all? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it vacation. Like, but go, are you road tripping anywhere? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe we'll go close somewhere. But it's just going to be kind of a nice relaxation weekend. Enjoy the nice weather. Yeah. How about you? With these gas prices, I ain't going anywhere, man. <laughs> no, uh, I know it makes me feel old by saying that, and it makes me sound like my parents by saying. Oh, man, these gas prices. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, not traveling. Uh, but uh, I think we're going to the winery. I think that's oh, one of the nice. plans. Okay. Uh, Jocelyn's mom's birthday Very is nice. uh, Sunday. So uh, I think they, they they got family coming into town. So My mom's birthday is Sunday. Look at that. Happy early birthday, moms. Oh, Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's going to be um, nice. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Just, yeah. just winery time with family. So I'm, I'm down with that. Um, the good news is there will probably be fewer mosquitoes because we haven't had the rain mm, that they usually need for the eggs to hatch. And it has gotten a little bit colder. And a little chillier, yeah. That's, mm. The mosquito sweaters keep them from biting as much. Uh, and I think, uh, isn't MDOT going to be uh, harvesting some of the uh, orange cones for a little while? I hope so. They usually they usually do that around the holidays where they kind of yeah. halt some of that construction. I don't know. Now, I don't know if they clear out a lot of some of those areas because obviously they're under construction still. Uh, but you may, if you are going to be traveling, may not see as much of that. There are a lot of people who are going to be traveling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. AAA gave us a preview of the, uh, the travel forecast. Uh, AAA Michigan says more than 1.2 million Michiganders Dang. will be traveling. 1.2 million. Wow. Yeah. How about that? It's too many. One of the worst <laughs> days on the roads. <laughs> so, yeah, be mindful of that if you are going to be traveling, uh, if it's far away or uh, maybe not too far away. You know, if you are going far away, you can always listen on the app. Uh, the WSJM app is a great way to uh, stay in the know with what's going on. Um, speaking of apps, um, oh yeah, yeah. it was bold, but maybe um, it was a mistake. (laughs) So just for background, uh, so Ron DeSantis was doing his, his whole announcement thing. But the the thing that was interesting was this was like probably the first of its kind of an announcement that was going to be happening on something I didn't know existed on Twitter. Right. Right. Called uh, is Twitter Spaces. Spaces. That's right. So that's a new. That's a new kind of venture. I don't for know them. how new it is. It's been around for a little bit. It apparently has some followership. But if you have uh, Twitter on your iPhone uh-huh. or your Android or whatever mobile device, you've got the button in the center. I didn't even know how to get to it. No. So I had to. I had to play around with it for a while. Um, there's a button in the center on the on the iPhone app, and you click it, and it shows you all these different spaces, little rooms where a couple of people can host a radio-type show, okay. or you can have an open free-for-all. It's just like that Clubhouse thing. There's Clubhouse. I think uh, Amazon has AMP, but theirs is a little bit more... Uh, theirs yeah. is a whole new app. Uh, it's like an AMP radio thing, yep. but... Uh, so it's, it didn't work so well? Well, so it's there. So here's here's the way it went last night. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was going to join Elon Musk and a moderator, and they were going to uh, announce the launching of the campaign. Ron DeSantis had already filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission, so we knew mm-hmm. he was running for president. But it was going to be interesting to watch the train wreck of the technology sure. when so many people wanted to join. So I get in a little bit before 6 o'clock, and I'm checking out some of the other open spaces that are mm-hmm, happening. Mm-hmm. And it's simple. You click on the space that you're interested in. It pops up a little window, and you see who all's in there and who's talking. And you hear studio quality audio. It's not like a telephone or anything like yeah. that. It's just it's just nice, clean audio. Okay. Um, and so the appointed hour of 6 o'clock comes. I see the one that has uh, Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis, and I click it. And it starts joining me, and then it bails out. Uh. So do it again. Start joining, bails out. Uh, third time, start joining. I hear a couple of words of, oh, don't talk about the HTML script or something like that. And then it bails out again. And then the whole app has to crash. Oh, so I go to the regular titter, uh, Twitter proper and 
some of the reporters that I follow are starting to say, hey, is anyone else experiencing se right. severe yeah, technology? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so what had happened was more than half a million people tried to join this thing at one time. Mm. We've seen what happens when technology companies have these huge live stream events. Oh, yeah. They crash. Oh, yeah. They and, and they, you really can't, I mean, I'm sure you can kind of test that and see how, how much with the bandwidth and all the other technology stuff that people don't really care about, but the, how much it just bogs down the system. Right. So, uh, did, so this, was there a backup of any kind? Cause like, <laughs> to me, if I'm going to make an announcement that big, that is, you know, career changing yeah. <laughs> and, and monumental, I would have some sort of backup, like, Hmm. We're going to do this on television as well as Twitter and as well as this thing, because if that other thing crashes, they're going to be like, so I heard half of the things that he actually well, believed in and wanted so to do. Here's how <clears throat> people were able, once it finally got going, people were able to hear the whole thing start to finish. Mm -hmm. uh, once it got going, it was fine. But you're right. There was a backup. It was still on the Spaces platform. Yeah. And what had happened was so many people wanted to get into Elon Musk's space for this mm -hmm. announcement. They had to ditch that plan. And they went to the moderator's space. And they were able to then... Um, start building it up and ramping it up a little bit better. There were, at one point, I saw like 714,000 people in Elon's space wow. waiting uh, to hear the thing. So that's why they had to ditch it. Um, at the high point that I was listening to uh, the backup space, it was probably under 200,000. Hmm. So there was, there was a drop-off, but um, it was funny. One of the other reporters, uh, I think is from NBC, said, this is why mainstream presidential candidates rely on mainstream media because we know how to broadcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Well, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's high quality high and quality. it, it's not only, uh, going to look good and sound good, but it's also most of the time not going to have any issues. Right. But what I would say is technical stuff aside, I mean, what an attention getter, yeah. you know? So, so from Ron DeSantis's point of view, this was probably a win in his book. He got he gets to say now because it wasn't his technology, it wasn't his team that was putting it together. Right. It, was, it was Twitter and Elon Musk's team. Uh, he gets to say, "I broke the internet." Right. That's yeah. That's the other. That's the real headline, right. I guess, of the whole thing is that not only now does everybody know <laughs> that he's running, yeah, but people know about this thing, right. so they're paying attention to this, yeah. And so, yeah, he's he's taken up the entire uh, news. I mean, I've literally seen it twice <laughs> just watching television today. Two two words to take away to describe kind of the the themes of the campaign. If if it becomes a Ron DeSantis Joe Biden, uh, Ron DeSantis said several several words that really stuck out to me. One was constitutional, mm. and one was woke. Okay, and he used woke in a pejorative way. He used constitutional in a let's harken back to how things should be. Mm. So. Interesting, interesting positioning in the campaign from Ron DeSantis. And now we have to deal with all of these uh, campaign people for the next uh, <laughs> year. 18 months, something 18 like months that, yeah. or more. So, yeah, yeah, so we got that going on. Fun. Uh, you actually had a conversation with uh, Fred Upton uh, just the other day. Uh, speaking of presidential candidates and, and thinking about who's going to go into the race and, yes. and doing all that, uh, that's... That's one of the things that uh, Fred's kind of been busy in the background oh, yeah. with. Oh, yeah. Um, so you, you had a pretty pretty in-depth uh, chat. One of the things we do, uh, the news team, we try to get newsmakers to um, tell us tell us a little bit more behind the story. Mm -hmm. We want it. We want it. We understand people see the headlines. They get frustrated sometimes by the lack of detail that they're they're able to glean from maybe the the articles they see on the interwebs. We we try to get some more background mm -hmm. and context from from newsmakers. And so we had an opportunity to sit down with Fred. We talked about uh, his plans from uh, here on out. What's going to happen now that he's no longer in Congress? Is he going to be on some some public mm -hmm. bo facing mm -hmm. boards? One of his big initiatives, as you mentioned, is the no labels, talking mm -hmm. about how do we get some, some uh, maybe what he would call reason back mm -hmm. into politics. So we have that conversation uh, so maybe we could hear some of that this morning. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of that after uh, 7. Ken, would you consider yourself uh, a writer beyond, you know, just writing the news stories and things like that? Oh, my goodness. I don't, I you know, I don't, I certainly don't have any published works. No? 
No. You're not a you're not a novelist. Not a novelist. You don't have a pen name. Uh, my pen name is Artificial Intelligence. Oh, okay. <laughs> come I up write a, a lot of stuff. She come up with a better <laughs> pen name. Um, but if you are an author, or if you just love uh, local authors and great books, but also want to get into the reading uh, a little bit more during the summer, going to chat with uh, Brian from the Lincoln Township Library here in just a moment. But if you want to have a chat with me about uh, a nonprofit, uh, maybe you're part of one, you sit on the board, or you uh, you just volunteer for one, and you know that, hey, there's some great things going on, whether it's events or fundraisers or anything, all of the above, I'd love to talk with you and be uh, uh, have you as a guest on Got Something to Say. It's brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. You can simply call me, 925-WSJM, or email Let's Talk at WSJM.com. My guest today, I'm very excited to be talking with Brian Johnson. He's the adult services librarian over at uh, the Lincoln Township Public Library. Brian, it's been a while. How you been, man? I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me on here. Very excited to talk to you. Uh, what's What's been uh, some of the latest things that you guys have been doing over there uh, at the uh, Lincoln Township Library? Uh, I know you guys are very busy and um, getting he- heading into the, I guess I'd call it the busy season because school's going to be out. So I'm sure a lot more uh, kids will be showing up to the library. But uh, you've got a summer reading program going on at the moment? Uh, well, it starts on June 12th okay. and it runs through July 29th. Um, This is a really great opportunity for patrons of all ages. It is every year uh, for patrons of all ages to avoid that summer slide. You know, Mm -hmm. kids are out of school and uh, it's a little bit more relaxed time of year. And uh, we want our patrons to continue learning, continue reading, uh, continuing bettering themselves uh, throughout the summer, uh, heading into the fall when uh, things kind of go back to normal again. So uh, the summer reading program is always a great opportunity to do that. Uh, We are doing it a little bit differently this year than we have in the past. Uh, Basically, what we've done before is patrons have, uh, we've set uh, reading goals for patrons, like adults have to read five books or 10 books or something like that and get a prize and enter the grand prize drawing. We're doing it a little bit differently this year where uh, patrons will be able to set their own reading goals. They're going to come into the library and say, hey, I'd like to be able to, this week, I'd like to read one book or I'd like to read two books or, or you know, sure. whatever the case may yeah. be. And if they uh, complete the reading goal plus complete some other tasks, we'll have handouts here at the, uh, at the front desk for people, uh, for people to take. But um, once they finish uh, the tasks that they set for themselves, uh, they get to enter a drawing. Uh, and we're, we're going to have some, uh, we have some really great prizes this year for, um, for adults and kids and teens as well. Uh, so we really think that this is uh, a great opportunity for our patrons, and uh, we're going to provide some great incentives for them to participate this year. I, I love that. I love that the you know just setting personal goals uh, with those because you know maybe somebody's maybe not a, uh, as fast of a reader as others, but maybe they just they want to have you know get a little better than they they have been in the past and win some prizes. That's also pretty nice. Do you want to touch on any of the the fun and fabulous prizes? Yeah, I can. Um, well, uh, so I, there's too many to name right now, but sure. I'll name some of the big ones. Yeah. We do have, um, we're going to be giving away two tickets to the Notre Dame versus Central Michigan game in oh. September. Um, we're going to be giving away tickets to see Penn and Teller in Chicago nice. uh, in October. Um, we're going to have a free uh, a family photo session, uh, a, a two-hour house cleaning, um, uh, cooking classes, uh, oil change for your car, oil nice. change package. Um, we've got lots of great prizes coming up that we're going to be uh, doing drawings for. So uh, if you participate in the program, the more often you participate, every, if you participate every week, uh, you get to enter uh, a drawing every week to enter to possibly enter one of those prizes. So we That's think cool. we've got some great incentives for our patrons this year. That's fantastic. Uh, ways for them to sign up. Do they just come into the library or can they also sign up online? They'll, be, uh, they'll come into the library okay. to sign up. Perfect. And again, and again, that starts on uh, June 12th and it runs through July 29th. Wonderful. Definitely uh, get some summer reading in for sure. You definitely want to do that. Also, uh, I know you also plan some some great events and you have one coming up uh, here pretty soon. Tell me about the uh, the author fair that you have coming up. Yeah, we have uh, and uh, it's going to kind of be our uh, adult kickoff event for the summer reading program. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the really the first time we, we've done a couple similar programs in the past, but we haven't done anything quite like this before um, where we're going to have, uh, it's on June 12th 
and it runs from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. And basically, we are inviting uh, local authors who have uh, either self-published or traditionally published books mm-hmm. to uh, come and set up a table, and uh, they'll be able they'll be allowed to sell their books to patrons. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to interact with them, talk to patrons about about their books, about some of the ups and downs of the writing process, yeah. things like that. Uh, this is we're we're really hoping that this will be a great way for local authors to get the word out about themselves because I've um, I've I've written a few books myself and I know yeah. how hard it is. Uh, to get the word out about your writing and to persuade people to read your books. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping that an event like this will help bridge that gap uh, and help bring uh, potential readers and match them up mm-hmm. with uh, writers in the area. So uh, if you're a uh, if you're a local author who would like to participate, uh, it would be great. I'd love to hear from you if you could contact me here at the library. Um, otherwise, uh, if you just want to come as a patron and uh, maybe buy a few books or interact with the, with our local authors, we'd love to have you here. We, we'd love to support our local authors. We'd love to get a good turnout. So yeah. it doesn't require registration or anything like that. You just come in at uh, six o'clock and, uh, and hopefully enjoy spending time with some of our local authors. That's really great. I love that idea uh, of, of doing this because I know there's so many, some great local authors in the community, even some people that, that want to write something and, and may not be sure about the challenges of all that. And so having that conversation, but also uh, gives a chance for authors to meet other authors too. Brian, will you be setting up uh, some of your books as well? Um, well, I'm planning on bringing some of mine okay. um, to show patrons. So yeah. um, if anybody's interested, I'll show them. Otherwise, um, we'll have, we should, I'm hoping we'll have a good variety of yeah. uh, fiction and nonfiction writers here. Um, we're still looking, like I said, we're still looking for authors to participate. That's kind of why I wanted to do this interview partially because I wanted to get the word out and let authors know that we have this event coming up and uh, we'd love to have you participate, uh, if, if at all possible. Wonderful. No, that's a great, uh, I love the idea and I I love the idea of, of, combining it sort of with the kickoff of the summer reading program, because, you know, if you're looking for something good to read, of course, why not purchase a a great book from one of these local authors uh, and not only be able to read something that may be based in, in Southwest Michigan or based off of some of their life or, uh, you know, fiction or nonfiction, but also you get to have a conversation with the author and not every day do you get to have a conversation with the person that wrote the book that you're reading. Yeah, exactly. And I'm hoping that kind of like you touched on already, um, I'm kind of hoping that this will be uh, in addition to uh, authors getting the word out about their works. I'm hoping that this will be an opportunity for uh, potential authors, people that maybe haven't written a book yet and yeah. want to know more. Uh, they can learn more about the writing process. I've gone through, um, I haven't gone through the traditional publishing route, but I've gone through the self-publishing yeah. route. Um, so I know a lot of the uh, ups and downs of doing mm-hmm. that, what the advantages are, what the disadvantages are. So I'd love to talk to, I I, I get a chance to do it quite a bit here uh, when I'm at work here at the library already, sure. but uh, I'd love to uh, have that conversation with uh, some of the other um, local authors in the area, share my experience and let them know what works and what doesn't work. And uh, some people don't even know, um, I use... Uh, I used what is referred to as uh, Kindle Direct Publishing to mm-hmm. publish my books. It's Amazon's self-publishing platform, yeah. where basically um, what you do is um, you upload your manuscript to the website, and then uh, it's print-on-demand so that uh, they print the books as people order them. So you don't have to order a 1,000 copies and try to sell them all. Right. Um, instead, you just go on the website and order them. They print it off, and they mail it right to the to the patrons. A lot of – or uh, to, to the um, – to the buyer. A lot of patrons that come in here don't even know that that's an option. Uh, so I always get excited to uh, be able to tell patrons that, hey, you know, there's this service that sure. is very cost efficient and uh, that you might be interested in if you're interested in, in, in uh, writing a book. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that this will be a great learning opportunity for many of our patrons as well as as well as a great exposure opportunity mm-hmm. for the authors as well. Yep, and it creates great camaraderie between the authors and great relationships there. Again, uh, Brian, if people, whether they're authors and they want to be a part of this fair, uh, best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, um, there's a few different ways you can stop in uh, anytime we're open. We're located at 2099 West John Beers Road in Stevensville. Uh, You can call the library at 269-429-9575 and ask for me. 
Uh, or you can also email me. My email is bjohnston, that's B-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N at lincolnlib.org. Uh, whatever one of those ways you're comfortable with, um, sure. you're welcome to contact me and I'd love to hear from you and uh, see if this is an event that uh, might be of interest to you. That's awesome. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a great event. So hopefully uh, a lot of great authors uh, contact you and, and sign up for this. And also a lot of great people show up uh, as you not only uh, have this author fair, but also kick off your, your summer reading program. But uh, Brian, thank you so much for everything you do. And I know you're keeping yourself very busy over there. Uh, so take, thank you so much for taking some time with me to talk about the library. Yes, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Those like that's going to be a really great event. Looking forward to that. Uh, and if you are uh, part of a nonprofit, maybe you're part of a library as well, just like Brian. Uh, you could reach out to me and talk about uh, some of the things you have going on. We've got something to say. It's brought to you by United Federal Credit Union. We get you. We'll uh, chat uh, via email. You can send me uh, one. Let's talk at wsjm.com. You can also call 925-WSJM and get you on the schedule. Uh, coming up here on our schedule, uh, we've got a lot to get to, including uh, you had a great conversation. Speaking of good conversations, you had one with uh, Fred Upton uh, as we had him in on Monday. But uh, yeah. you also had a, a secret signed conversation <laughs> that I was not a part of. Aww. Don't don't be. It's like okay. That. I've had enough. I have don't had some like great that. conversations with Fred, but you've had another. I would good, call this an one. extended conversation. Okay, we talked about a whole bunch of things, um, both on and off tape. But we had we had a part that I said, you know, I asked, could we talk about these things on tape? And so, wait, you had tape? Well, you know, do you use an old tape recorder? Did you get you <laughs> brought a pencil? The to, phonograph was broken. Okay. We couldn't cut any wax discs. No wonder Johnny. I wasn't there. I would have been like, guys, we could probably use some digital technology here. <laughs> the uh, the conversation went a couple of different places. We okay. talked about what Fred was up to now. What he thinks about the political climate now that people mm. are acerbic to one one another, and then also what he's thinking about the presidential race. Okay, well we'll talk about that here uh, just after seven. If you're just joining us, I've been making fun of Ken with his. Uh, he was talking about he had a conversation on tape. Uh, I know you're an old school guy, and you like you like the vinyl and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, you have a great conversation that we want to want to share with everybody. <laughs> we it, it was a lot of fun on on Monday when uh, Fred Upton surprised us, mm-hmm. um, knocking on the door, putting his head in the window. There, uh, we brought him in, had a, a quick conversation with him because he had to go get sprinklers mm-hmm. afterwards, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool thing that he had a huge honeydew list to accomplish. But then uh, we had an extended conversation afterwards, just to see you know what he was doing, what he's up to now, what he thinks about some of the political happenings that are going on uh, nationally and then what what people what he might advise people to think about as they're as they're thinking about politics going forward because we do have I mean this is the start of silly season mm-hmm. and it's starting earlier than ever mm-hmm. um, where the the presidential campaigns are are gearing up getting out um, and there's just going to be a lot of it uh, coverage-wise in the news. So we decided to ask Fred all these questions, and this is part one of that segment. Here with former Congressman Fred Upton, just talking about, Fred, what are you going to do now? Everyone wants to know, what is Fred Upton up to? Well, I don't know that everybody wants to know, but I'm, you know, St. Joe's always going to be our home. Uh, and I'm still involved in a lot of different things. I'm, you know, I was a vice chair of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus when I was in the Congress, and I'm still very involved with them. Uh, I'm going to be helping on their their PAC fundraising uh, board, uh, and obviously issues of the day. I mean, as we talk today, the death ceiling, and they better get a compromise. They better get this thing resolved. But, you know, so I've got a lot of really good friends. But uh, bottom line, Michigan's always our home. Uh, we're going to be splitting time between here and, and back in, in D.C. and uh, with a bunch of different things. I'm on a number of boards, uh, among them the Bipartisan Biodefense Board that meets in Washington uh, at least every month or so. And I'm on the Argonne National Lab Board, which, of course, is Chicago. So that's real close, an hour and a half. Uh, but you know it's it's good to be home and just enjoy life here a little bit and uh, you know I've got a lot of family and friends here and so you know I'm not going to be going away like uh, my predecessors all left town this is our town this is where we live you're a public servant uh, you've been in pol- involved in politics for a long time 
the climate seems to be changing considerably, as even as you since you've left Congress. Is this healthy? You know, it's really nasty, and we have you know back in D.C. We have, of course, divided government. I think that's going to stay for a while, and it's even if it doesn't, it's really close. I mean, Kevin McCarthy's margin is only four or five votes. Senate, of course, it's two, so one, and you need 60 votes to get something done in the Senate. So it's like that's not happening for either the Republicans or the Democrats. I'm involved in another group called No Labels, uh, which is whole maybe a different uh, conversation. But, yeah, it is pretty nasty. I mean, I... I saw that uh, the last number of years. Uh, I supported common sense uh, gun legislation along the lines, frankly, of what Michigan has had on background checks uh, for the rest of the country. Maybe Texas didn't like that, but, you know, when I cast some of those votes, I had police protection on a number of different occasions and uh, just a lot of threats. Most of them came from out of state. But they can find you. <laughs> they can find you. They know what we look like. I mean, you're on C-SPAN or CNN or Fox or, or whatever. They, they, and we have to commute back and forth. But being an elected official, uh, particularly at the local level as well, it's very disturbing when school board officials in terms of some of the threats that they get. Um, but, and of course... Uh, you know, as a, as a federal official, there, there are pr- some pretty strict laws. But, you know, you look even recently now, the, the, the head of the NSC, National Security Council, uh, he had an intruder at their house, and even, though, even though he's got Secret Service protection. Yeah. And uh, we had a number of, you know, you know there, there's a lot of threats that are out there. So you got to walk with a purpose. <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, we we took steps like uh, you know we had cameras on our house and security you know buttons and uh, I know our you know when I had threats here locally uh, our local law enforcement was really terrific I mean Paul Bailey and the other sheriffs uh, were very helpful in, in FBI and others and in, uh, in terms of uh, making sure that not only me but uh, my family too was safe. What should voters? What should constituents? What should people be thinking? Before it gets to that level, how should people educate themselves on politics, government, the the public process? Well, you know, one of the things that I did was, at least until COVID, I visited a school every week, all different levels, you know. Brown School, Upton Middle School, Benton Harbor, Niles, I mean, you know, Kalamazoo Central. I mean, I I was – and and just to talk – to young, not voters because they're not 18 yet, but just talk about public service. Talk about, you know, having a good idea uh, to pursue it. Uh, uh, I know when I was in school, I never had a legislator ever come visit my class. And I said, I'm going to I'm going to change that. And it's amazing the people that I run into still this week. Hey, I remember when you came to talk to my class or because of what you did, I, I became a, a teacher uh, down in New Buffalo. I mean, it's it's just amazing the, the contact that you can have. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, I represented 750,000 people. I don't know that the founders, uh, the Constitution ever thought we'd we'd represent uh, that many people. But you're always going to have people on one side of an issue or, or the other. That is for sure. But it is, it's just a lot harder. And when you see some of these threats and what happens or see some of the the violence, uh, you've got to have a pretty thick skin sometimes uh, to get through it it all. You've got to have an understanding spouse as well. (laughs) I bet. So that being former Congressman Fred Upton and talking to us a little bit about politics, Mm -hmm. a little bit about what he's up to now, and he... Wanted to continue talking about no labels, which is that third party presidential uh, effort that uh, mm-hmm. he's a he's a big part of, and we can hear more about that soon. We have the the final part of the Ooh. final installation, if ah, you will, yes. in this mini series. Now, former Congressman Fred Upton was kind enough to join us on uh, the morning show on Monday. Uh, we held him over uh, because he had to go go to Ace Hardware and get some sprinklers mm-hmm. or something like that. But we asked him before you go get sprinklers. 
talk with us some more about the political climate and that kind of thing. Uh, one of the things he's very involved in right now is No Labels. It's about presidential campaign. So we talked to him about that and a couple other things. You brought a stunning statistic forward that 75% of Americans don't want to see another matchup between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. That's part of your No Labels effort to, to find a different way. Maybe briefly describe that. Yeah, so No Labels is a uh, political group. It's bipartisan and bicameral. So both House members uh, as well as Senate members are there. Um, they've done a number of different issues over the years on uh, legislative issues. But we've done some polling, and <laughs> but you see this everywhere you go. Oh, you know, you, the leading contenders right now certainly are Donald Trump on the Republican side and Joe Biden, who has, a, I think, a pretty easy path for the Democrats. He's got some primary opposition, but it's not going to be an issue. But 75% of the American public does not want a rematch. They'd like a new face that's there. And so one of the things that No Labels is doing now is we're going to try, if that's going to be the, the ticket or the, the, the choices, to actually come up with a third party. Uh, and we are in the process of registering the No Labels party on all 50 states about. You have to collect signatures. Uh, we've got a number of states uh, that are already done. Uh, Michigan is going to be relatively early in the queue in the next uh, couple of months uh, for sure. We think that we will be able to get all 50 states uh, with this party. And we've got a national convention that's been set in Dallas, uh, April 14th and 15th next year. Uh, the plan is that we'll have a bipartisan ticket, a Republican and a Democrat, not further down the ballot, but really just look at president and vice president. And if that's if it's going to be Biden and Trump, really be prepared to provide voters with a third choice. And guess what? We actually have seen some polling where we think we can get 270 electoral votes, unlike what Ross Perot did. Remember, he was able to get on the ballot back 30 years ago in 1992. Uh, and we, th we think that we can do it. So we're in the, in the process of moving forward. And I'm excited about it. Are you prepared to throw some names out there of who could be potential? No, candidates? not yet. It's um, everyone's asking, <laughs> but it's you know we got to do our homework first. Yeah. We got, we got to get on the ballot. Uh, there'll be a vetting process. There'll be a procedure. We have, Joe well, Manchin haven't quite decided how this thing is all going to break, but um, we'll, we'll we'll keep you posted in the loop. But no, no decisions have been made yet. On you know we we, we got a lot of work to do before we Would get. Would it be to Upton Mansion or no, Mansion Upton? Upton is not going to be <laughs> no. Not, Upton is not going to be part of the equation. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing in your free time? Well, I'm uh, my honey do list is long. <laughs> it is, and uh, I'm on these two boards uh, formally. And I'm trying to think that maybe I might be able to get a golf game, something that I've okay. never done. I've never played 18 holes Wow! Okay. at one time. <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping that I can, I can be in a place where I can actually want to take the golf clubs home versus leave them on the 12th hole. <laughs> I bet there are a lot of people who would love to play golf with you. So. Well, not yet. <laughs> I... I, I tell my wife with a smile, I'm still in witness protection. I don't want anyone to see how bad uh, the, the golf swing is. But we'll see how how it happens. But I'm a grandpa now, too. So I've got congratulations. Uh, how many grandkids? I got three grandkids, and a fourth is coming in June. So uh, really excited, and I bought a slip and slide. So <laughs> there, there are going to be some fun moments here. So you heard it here first, two news events, new, mm -hmm. new breaking news from Fred Upton. Number one, he's not going to be part of that third-party presidential right, ticket. Right. Number two, he's buying a slip and slide. He's got a slip and slide. Yeah. <laughs> you got to love that. That's great. So that's that's good news. Yes. Uh, I feel like he should start a podcast, like <laughs> Upton, Upton something or something like that. Slip and slide with Upton, Fred Upton. Yeah.
Yeah. That's no, really it's awesome. Great interview. We appreciate Congressman Fred Upton coming in and uh, spending some time with us. And we can find more of this. Is there more that we can find at WSJM.com? We can post the interview on WSJM.com so you can catch the full interview and, and hear what Fred Upton has to say. We want to look even farther ahead into uh, the summer because the I, I'm going to call it the premier event of the summer, uh, the Lake Breeze Music Festival is going to be happening July 8th. And we've got one of the guys that's uh, behind the scenes, and that is Brian Joseph. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? <sighs> doing great, man. Uh, this is something I know. Uh, it's your it's your, uh, it's your, your baby. Yes. Uh, yes. You, you did it for the first time last year. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You, along with uh, our, another good friend of ours, uh, Jerry Price, that mm -hmm. put this all together. Uh, and and you were just telling us that it was a, such a great first year that people were asking you at the event, how are you going to top this again this year? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, last year was just an, an, an unbelievable event to pull that off in light of, you know, uh, storms coming and bad weather and moving it from Shadowland Pavilion to the college. And, you know, we're, and we did it all like on a Tuesday and Wednesday and the concert was coming up Saturday, you know, but still people came out. People bought tickets. We, in fact, ticket sales went up after we announced we were moving it. Believe it yeah. or not, wow. and had a very, very successful uh, first year. And uh, you know, we're able to come back and say, okay, let's let's make some phone calls and let's see if we can up the ante and you know, you know, make sure that hey, we bring in you know some really, really top talent. Yeah. So now we've got uh, Kim Scott. Uh, flautist who um, 2022 was voted uh, the song Shine by Billboard magazine is number one um, who's a phenomenal artist and then there's Alex Bunyon who's a pianist and he's just a beast. Alex right. is, is a beast on keyboards and then we have the unbelievably talented Vincent Ngala, um, mm -hmm. saxophonist, you know, so all three are getting national, uh, airplay on, on watercolors channel 66, yeah. you know, um, you can hear them throughout the day, throughout the week, um, just really talented artists and their bands are just unbelievable. So we're looking forward to a really great concert on July 8th, which is the same weekend as the Krasil, uh, art fair on the bluff. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And I will say, uh, I've seen Vincent Agala, uh, not only saxophonist, but I'm pretty sure guitar player, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, drummer. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, <laughs> he like disappears and then just reappears on stage at certain points and all of a sudden he's behind the drums. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. a phenom. Sure. Exactly. But extremely talented. So, you know, uh, Jerry and I are really excited uh, to bring back uh, the second annual Lake Breeze Music Festival and um, great food, uh, great drink. Uh, Tabor Hill and Round Barn, you know, will, will uh, you know, be there as well. And then we've got uh, Evelyn May, uh, you know, Ribs, uh, as well as the Brick House uh, from Benton Harbor. They'll have their trailer there. Nice. So, Food, drink, great music on the sandy uh, shores of Lake Michigan. And, you know, of course, with the sunset, mm -hmm. you really can't beat it. So, like you said, this is the premier event for the summer. And, you know, we're just really happy to, you know, uh, partner with, uh, you know, the Midwest uh, radio stations. And, and, and thanks to Gail Olson, who was really nice enough to say, you know what, uh, we're pretty much, you know, not going to move forward with, you know, smooth jazz at mm -hmm. sunset. So if you want the first Saturday in uh, July, um, I'll give it to you. So he was actually on a cruise when he sent me the email. Of course year, he was. Yeah, last year. <laughs> that's and, Gail. And, yeah. and that's Gail, right? And, uh, you know, I had to talk to Sue Patcher, you know, who schedules the uh, Shadowland the parks, Pavilion. Yeah. And she says, are you sure you got permission? I'm like, yes, I got permission. And I sent her the email. And she says, oh, I guess you do have permission, you know, to uh, take uh, this first Saturday in July. So we're moving it from August which was last year, August 20th, yep, yep. up to July. And 
Um, just really excited about the opportunity, you know, to work with uh, Jamie Balkin and the Krasel uh, Art Fair on the Bluff. Um, you know, because we just think the synergies between the Krasel uh, Art Fair and um, Lake Breeze Music Festival, it's, it's something that, you know, um, is needed. And mm -hmm. a lot of the artists have also asked, you know, are you guys, is there going to be any music on Saturday night? Because it's yeah. been missing for a couple years, yep. you know. So Jamie was happy to announce to the artists um, and, and people that are calling in uh, that, you know, music will be here on Saturday night. That's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. So gates will open at 5 o'clock. Okay. And the concert starts at 6. Um, the opening will be flautist Kim Scott. And then second will be pianist Alex Bunyong. And then uh, the headliner is the, the one and only Vincent Ngala, you know. So um, we're telling people, you know, hey, you're in town. You need to be at the Lake Breeze mm -hmm. Music Festival. Uh, 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 seating chairs are $40. Uh, bring your own blanket. Bring your own chair is $30. Um, and, it, I mean, tickets are moving quite uh, quite well. And uh, the word is, is, is out that, hey, you got to be at the Lake Breeze Music Festival. It's going to be the place to be on July 8th in the evening. That's awesome. And, and thanks to our great presenting sponsor, uh, Bob Birch and uh, Leanne uh, Brownfield over at Sturgis Bank. Great Fantastic. people doing great work. Awesome. Ken, are you going to play in the parking lot? I would love to. I, are you allowing buskers? Any, yeah. any chance? He no, plays no. guitar. No. He, play, he, he, could, he could play. Well, come on out. You'll sing. You, you sing? Yeah, I'll sing. But in all seriousness, I know Johnny can sing. I can kind of strum on the guitar. But uh -huh. we're, not, we're not looking for that audition just yet. Just but, yet. Okay. But talking about the artists, how are you able to connect with these, these artists? Maybe a little bit of backstory on that. Well... Well, part of my 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 career and my life evolves around music. For those of you that don't know, you know, my dad is 93 and he's doing quite well. That's he's awesome. down in Texas awesome. and he's a gospel singer. And for those of you, um, my dad used to sing with the gospel queen, Mahalia Jackson, wow. back in the 70s. And we used to go to her house in Chicago. So I was always traveling with my dad, going yeah. to concerts. And then from there, you know, got in high school, got into college and, 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 and moved to L.A., worked for the Lakers for like uh, three and a half wow. years, came back to Michigan and you know, before I knew it, you know, a uh, buddy of mine, Tommy Benson, said, hey, you know, uh, we need to do something with Tim Cunningham. Sure. I'm like, Tim. I said, Tim played football at Michigan State. He was roommates with Carl Banks, okay, mm -hmm. and started all four years at Michigan State. And he says, you know what? But he plays the sax. I'm like, he plays the sax? <laughs> so I drove to Lansing, saw him perform at Tango's, and was absolutely blown away. And I was in the process of getting married at the same time. And so I started managing Tim and got married like two months later and managed Tim's career, was able to get him connected with uh, a contract with Atlantic Records, uh, Coors Brewing Company, where we would do the yeah. NBA All-Star Games, Super Bowl parties, uh, playing a national anthem at major events, um, as well as the Pleasure Island Jazz Club down in Orlando. You know, which was huge because we're down there for like a week and you get people from all over the world coming mm -hmm. into the Pleasure Island Jazz Club. So through all of that, you know, all these connections with Tim, you know, um, really catapulted me into, uh, you know, working with Double Connor and Whirlpool and helping to build the uh, Senior PJ Community Concert right. with Jerry. And Jerry and I were with the co-chairs. Well, after doing that for, what, 2014, 16, and 18, yeah. people in the community would come to us and say, well, how come you guys wait every two years to do these concerts? <laughs> well, let me just tell you, folks, the OJs are not cheap. The Whispers are not e <laughs> right. cheap. And Morris Day is not cheap. These acts cost a lot of money, and their entourage, and their um, equipment, and, and sound equipment. So Jerry and I got to thinking, like, you know what? Maybe we can do something on, you know, a smaller scale with right. some regional artists and sort of came together and formed a company. And before we knew it, you know, we were, you know, talking to Gail and uh, putting this thing together. So, so as you can tell, it has just evolved 
but again, to your question, Ken, you know, my relationship, you know, from New York to LA in the music industry, you know, um, I'm really blessed to, to have all those relationships and some really, really good people that take my call and they, they fly in here and they hang out for the weekend. They go to great restaurants and they say, you guys got the best venue in the country, Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and I got a buddy named Kyle Newport that lives in Oakland and he came here for the PGA last year. And you know what he said? He said, now I get it. Now I <laughs> yep. get why you talk about Benton Harbor and St. Joe yes. because of this venue and the community. You know, and, and Kyle, I mean, this is a guy that does huge concerts. I mean, with everybody from when it was Luther, mm-hmm. Anita Baker, uh, Jonathan Butler, Jill Arbright, and Will Downing, and the list goes on. But he was here, and when he left, he was getting phone calls back in Oakland because all his friends in the music industry said, were you in Benton Harbor this weekend? He said, said, yes. He said, was it as beautiful as it was on TV when you had the helicopter flying over hole 7, 8, and 9? He said, you guys have no idea. So all of his friends want to come to the Senior PGA next year. So believe it or not, guys, a year ago today, was the Senior PGA Community Concert. Mm-hmm. Wow. And a year from now will be the Senior PGA Concert. So Jerry and I literally are working on talent for next year for the wow. PGA. That's fantastic. So That's awesome. as you can tell, this 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 thing is, is building. And, mm-hmm. you know, really, to be honest with you, we really want this area to be the premier uh, concert. So, you know, we have to give kudos to everybody here at Midwest, including Gail Olson, who started Smooth Jazz mm-hmm. in 2003. And because of the pandemic, you know, 2019 with Cindy Bradley was the last right. uh, concert. You know, and and so Jerry and I were sort of planning, and but you know the pandemic took its toll, you know, on a lot of folks. Sure. And you know, you you guys have been doing this for 16 years, and it was a heck of a run. And hopefully, you know, we can do you guys justice uh, by doing what we're doing, and uh, you know, just take it to the next level. And and we thank you greatly. We can tell you have love for it. You have mm-hmm. passion for it. It's the Lake Breeze Music Festival. It's coming up on July 8th. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Uh, thank wanna, you. If you want to get tickets to get more info, lakebreezemusicfestival.com. Brian, thank you so much, man. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. Jerry Price and I, you know, we, we are in debt, seriously, to the radio station and, of course, Gail Olson for giving us the opportunity and believing in us, you know, yeah. to, to partner with us in order to make this happen and and, and bring uh, great music and carry on the legacy that Gail Olson has started. So, Gail, I don't know where you're at. <laughs> He's uh, but, but He's but, probably right uh, down the hall. Right down the hall. <laughs> so, Gail, thank you for your support and believing in Jerry and I, as well as Ken, you, and, and Johnny, um, and, and, and I know we'll be probably working with uh, Ginger Martin uh, soon, you know. So thanks again, guys. Looking forward to all that. Appreciate the love. Again, lakebreezemusicfestival.com to learn more. We actually just uh, handed out the uh, wonderful trophies and uh, major awards for the best places to work. Yes. Just last night. Fantastic. uh, At the Indian Harbor Shores. And uh, were you invited to that? You know, I wish I were. I I wasn't invited. It's apparently a very exclusive event. Yeah, I had I had somebody that was being presented the award say Tried to get you in. Hey, will you will you come hang out with me? And I was like, I didn't even know that was happening tonight. I'm already in my uh my gardening clothes and I'm ready to go. Uh don't want to get back into to work clothes, but so you can check out the video for those yes. that didn't make it to the VIP session. Yes. Uh, you can check that out at uh, the WSJM Facebook page as well as the Moody on the Market Facebook Maybe page. Maybe they don't invite us because of the hors d'oeuvre table. We hang out at the hors d'oeuvre table. I do anyway. I don't. You don't? No. I, Why not? No, I usually uh, hang out with people and then uh, the <laughs> I, I like the free drink tickets. The free food. The free food, but the drinks as well. I'll I'll take that. All right. Um, But yeah, check out that video. But there's a lot of things to check out at MoodyOnTheMarket.com. Your update brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles. And we've got some uh, some questions that need answering. Oh, yeah. Could you?
KitchenAid Senior PGA tees off in Texas this week. Uh, how often will it return to Harbor Shores? Moody on the Market was asking the questions. Here's what we found so far. It's Senior PGA Week. We know mm-hmm. that. The week that professional golfer, golfers age 50 and over square off to compete for the most prestigious trophy on the PGA Tour of Champions and some big money. And every even-numbered year, as people know, for the past decade, the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship has been played right here at the Jack Nicholas Signature Golf Course at Harbor Shores Resort here in Michigan's Great Southwest. Yeah, the tournament is planning to return next year in May of 2024, bringing thousands of golf fans and some of the most prominent names in the game back into town. Many of those fans are wondering... Will next year be the last for the Senior PGA at Harbor Shores? Even if you go to the website and look, it's there's a gap. There's a gap of time in there that has not been announced. Uh, or, or will the alternate uh, year of rotation or another schedule under the KitchenAid banner uh, maintain Harbor Shores' status as the nationally recognized layout for the professional championship of golf. Now, so far, the decision is unclear amid some of the economic challenges, changing, changing consumer trends, and significant changes in the executive suite at Whirlpool and KitchenAid since the last extension of the senior PJ sponsorship more than five years ago. One of the tournament's leading boosters and himself an event, event chairman, former Whirlpool CEO Jeff Fettig, uh, the long retired Hired, replaced by Mark Bitzer, who has no personal ties to the event. Some people are asking, well, what is what is going to happen? The driving force for the tournament and many of its mm-hmm. charity ties, charitable ties to the community was Whirlpool Vice President Jeff Knoll. He's retired and left the area for a position in Kentucky. So people are very, very reasonably asking the question. Yeah, it's it's been uh, a question on a lot of people's minds even since last year when they had the tournament here. Uh, so we asked that question. Uh, to Whirlpool spokesperson, uh, <clears throat> what is the future of KitchenAid and the PGA after 2024 at uh, Harbor Shores? And we received the response, talks are ongoing. Talks are ongoing. Which are good. Yeah, They're that's good, good, but they're not the definitive answer that we were kind of <laughs> hoping for. We wanted for. a definitive answer. <laughs> yeah, we were hoping for that. It, it, it is nice to know that the talks are still good, and I know that there's been a lot of different options and things thrown around. One thing, too, is that fact that Frisco, Texas, this new golf course was added to the mix. That's so right. it, it'll be an interesting thing to see what's happening uh, with that. But stay tuned. Moody on the Market will keep uh, asking that question and continue to ask that question to everybody involved. We just had Brian Joseph in here just a little while ago, and he does uh, planning the music side of the community concerts. And we said, so what are you hearing? Yeah. What's going on there? Yeah, you know, and and talking to to newsmakers around town, uh, they 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 feel like okay, this has been a great event mm-hmm. for the community, and it was intended to to spotlight Southwest Michigan as the great place that it is to really highlight this amazing signature golf course mm-hmm. designed by Jack Nicholas, and it it you know it's done a lot of that already. Could it do more? Sure. Would it be nice to have? Sure. Could we survive without it? Definitely. And so, you know, it's 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 a question that will continue to be on the minds. We're going to keep close on it because it's a really nice event to have here in the community. Absolutely. And we have that uh, Jack Nicholas uh, signature golf course. So it, it's certainly something we'd love to have. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of the golfers, too, would oh, yeah. love to keep coming back uh, to this area. So uh, definitely be on the lookout, MoodyOnTheMarket.com. You can read that full story. There's a lot of, uh, lot of insight and uh, a lot of questions being answered from, from some great people, so go check that out. And, of course, you can check out the uh, KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship on television yes. down in, in Texas. Or if you're looking for lost golf balls, you could go to Harbor Shores and find about a dozen of mine. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm Every- sure. <laughs> I haven't even golfed there, and I'm sure you could find one of my golf balls from another course that somehow made it over to here. You know, it's the most expensive part of golf. That's ball- true. The balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check out that story. Your Moody on the Market update brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto orders agency with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles.